You're listening to the Known Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Known Legacy Ministries. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your hosts, Bill and Travis. Yesterday morning, I woke up at like 3.30 and you know, so I use this this white noise app, so it sounds like an airplane all night. Nice. Because when we were first married, we would use, like we had like a like a humidifier yeah. in the room and it would yeah. kind of like and so, so about four months into our marriage, when we stopped that, and we're right. both staring at the ceiling at three in the morning, going, "Why can't we go to bed?" <laughs> so then, for like forever, we carried that stupid thing around with us wherever we went. Like right. when we traveled, we brought it with us. So it's like, <laughs> this is before like phones had like this beautiful technology that they could do right. fake sounds. So now we do the white noise, and it's all great. Well, that night I was like, I woke up and I'm like, "Oh, my phone's, my phone's off. It must have just died or whatever. It didn't charge right." And uh, so I spent all night, like I was up at like 3.30 and then I'm, I'm going around, I'm looking through my house, I'm finding other plugs, other, uh, you know, other chargers in the little squares to plug them into the wall. Right. Nothing's working. I'm trying other, f- I'm sneaking oh in the rooms no. and trying phones and they're oh like, okay, that, no. that cable works, that works. And I'm realizing, okay, something happened. So I thought, I thought the battery died. So yesterday began this pursuit all day. Like I even called my boss. I'm like, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what I can do, but I've got to. This it, is high priority. It, well, there's and he, and he he even said he goes, you need a phone now. I was like, okay, right. well, I'll, so I felt terrible. It's not a phone. Let, let's not stop kidding yeah. ourselves. It's it's a pocket computer. It is our life. It's yeah. our administrative assistant. It's our calendar. It is everything held in that little thing. It's, it's crazy. Well, and that that was the frustration for me. So so I found myself calling all these places and kind of asking, hey, you know, can you guys help me out? And like, well, I can come. I can do a diagnostic. It's going to cost this much. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <sighs> so I went to Apple. But since there's no apples in this area right now, like like Apple stores right. in this right. area, I Thank had to you. go down to the Galleria in Dallas and uh, literally waited two and a half hours. I bet you were happy. For someone to do a diagnosis in like three seconds and yeah. say, oh, your battery's dead. And it's not just the battery. There's some charging element. I'm like, so then I'm like, I call my buddy who's like the actual Apple fixer guy for us. David right. is like the king of Apple stuff and he can fix screens, all that kind of stuff. And he loves it. He's, he's amazing at it. So I get, I get the battery, which honestly costs $9. Right. So this $60 charge is like nine bucks and it took him probably four minutes to do the whole thing. Okay. It didn't work. And I'm like, oh, what do I do? So, so we're frustrated and, you know, and in between that, my car dies. So like <laughs> literally I get out of my car and I hear... I don't mean to laugh, no, but that's pretty funny. In like a two, just like just the top radiator hose just burst, decided to just burst. Right. And so all, so right now my car smells like antifreeze everywhere when you're driving down the road. It's like a- 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 antifreeze or antifreeze. 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 For real, it's antifreeze. <laughs> I don't know where you get the teased from, but the antifreeze. My car. My car. And so, so, so here I am. Letters are optional in Bill's life. Then, exactly. You know, whether they're in the word or not, it doesn't really matter. They're just Let, optional. That is optional. So. <laughs> Um, so, so, so here I am. Eventually, we change the battery. It doesn't work. Long story short, it it didn't fix it, and the and the actual uh, the actual car got fixed. So I fixed the car. So nice. you, know, you know there was one, one victory in the whole thing, um, and I did it all, all all by myself. You know, so I felt really good at that point. So got it all fixed and uh, drove drove it home. Tried to get the, the tried to get. The, uh, the phone to work, but then, you know, it, it didn't work. So here I am, phoneless right now. Actually, I've got my son's old phone that, like, has, like, terrible apps and all this kind of crazy stuff on it. And uh, and next thing you know, um, 
I, like I, I so I, I go I go home and I'm kind of like bummed out, you know, yeah. because I realize that I've lost a bunch of notes, which are okay, right. but notes are notes. The biggest thing was I lost like all the memories from our vacation and the videos uh. and everything from about mid June. So so maybe this is a public service announcement to a use a real charger. Don't don't use a fake five dollar charger because okay. they like burn out your actual charging element in your phone and back up your phone. All the time. Back it up. Like, back it up. And then it's actually faster that way. And so I'm not a tech person, so I don't know all that, but I realized last night the value of backing up your phone That's, all the time. Because it I'm can so go sorry. at any moment. It's okay. But it made me realize that time is fleeting. And I mean, I'm grateful that I have most pictures, but I did lose all those pictures. And the which, value... Which, right now, it's like a month ago. So you're like, I'll remember that vacation. But you and I both know. Six months from now, you'll be like, did we go on vacation? Where did we go? Correct. What did we do while we were there? Like, what were the photos? And... And dude, my heart breaks for you. I'm sorry. No, it, it's sorry. all good. But, but I guess it brings up a point today about the value of family because the thing that really mattered wasn't the all the apps that I had on there and even right. the notes, but it was the pictures. And you know, even as I'm thinking about the pictures, how much time goes so fast? God, it goes so fast. And and I remember that that when I was you know when I was first first married and how busy life was and the kids and, and every so often on Facebook those pictures pop up that's like you know nine years ago and, and they're like holding a you know an Easter basket and you're like where'd that kid go and they were so cute back then and now they're just stink and they're ugly exactly and then then you hear those phrases like oh maybe we should have another kid and and then you think about it but then you yeah as our guest today is already is already uh, sharing his, his feelings on that which we we wanted to kind of you know it made me realize the value of the younger time and family yeah and we've had some good discussions with some guys who, who have shared their concern slash excitement about the younger years of life when your kids are younger. Right. And so, so we wanted to bring on Carl today who could, uh, Carl, how you doing? Doing well. How are you? Why does everyone have it? It's like, <laughs> Carl, how you doing? It's like, I'm doing good. Uh, maybe a little it's Johnny Cash thing going on. Maybe it's the there. mic. It's, it's it can't it, be my it voice. It must be the mic. You no, know, it's yeah. not your voice. It can't at all. be my voice. My voice can't be that nasally and annoying to everybody. So, uh, anyways, uh, Carl's a good friend of mine. We've known each other um, going on 15, 17 years. Um, which is kind of crazy. I know since 2002. Anyways, uh, Carl, uh, why don't you share a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do, and more importantly, uh, family situation. Yeah. Um, so um, I am a, I guess I spend most of my time teaching at Prince Peace uh, Christian School up here in North Dallas and uh, teach theology and um, also spending time being a pastor missionary in the colony and um, I've been married for almost 11 years. Well, 11th anniversary, uh, and like next week. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Do you have big plans? You should. Um, uh, actually, my wife is, is planning that. I don't know what we're doing. Oh, that's She's cool. Like, How did you get that to work? Um, I think she felt bad about being pregnant last year for gotcha. our 10 year anniversary. And we couldn't do anything. I guess I, I'm sorry that I'm holding your child. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's anything to apologize for that. Well, Nothing. I, I keep telling her, I was like, you know, you don't have to feel bad. You gave me a kid. But exactly. she's like, well, we didn't do anything for our 10th anniversary. and that's We like made a, a baby. That's <laughs> like a produced and a it child. Was, it was cooking. Right. Well, isn't that weird, though? Like, because it's 10 years. Uh, 10 years is 10 years. But, like, why is that so special and not 9 or 11? So... Because in our culture, 10 years is a milestone that not many marriages... It's a nice round number, I guess. It is. Yeah. It is. It's not a prime number. You didn't mention that to your wife, like, it's round like you. No, I did not. That's no. probably <laughs> best. Because um, pregnant women don't want to hear that. No, not at all. Another perfect public service announcement yes. right there. Don't um, ever ask about pregnancy. Brian Regan says that ever, 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 <laughs> ever, 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 ever. Don't have enough evers <laughs> memorized. So anyways, so, so pregnant with your uh, fourth kid. Fourth kid, yes. All right. Um, and so, yeah. So How old's your fourth kid now? 
my fourth kid is 10 months. Okay. So what we wanted to wrestle with and be reminded of, because some of the guys that listen to this podcast, they have older kids, and we're, that's kind of our DNA. That's where we're at. Right. Um, but some are listening uh, maybe for the first time that are about to have a kid, and they're terrified, and they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And it's so far in the past for the rearview mirror for Bill and I. We're like, we can remember parts of it, but honestly, we don't remember the, the nitty-gritty in the trenches of like yeah. the pregnancy and how that affects the relationship with the wife and yeah, God seems to only remind you of the good stuff you know kind of like oh wasn't that sweet when they were when they walked and they talked but it's never like that remember that time when they had that diaper rash for two weeks you know and you're like and they were screaming and you know colicky or whatever right, well, right. I think he does that on purpose too because you're not gonna you're not gonna have more than one kid if you remember all the bad stuff. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. That's a good point. That's, that's a good point. Truth from Carl. All right. So, so um, let me ask. Uh, four kids. Four kids. Um, the youngest is ten. So this is a fairly new journey. Ten months. Yep. Um, fairly new journey for Oldest you. Oldest is almost eight. Right. H- yeah. How did um, was the pregnancy for your wife the same for all four kids? Hmm. Was it different? And how did you notice your relationship with your wife change and shift during that pregnancy time? Yeah. So. Um, Every pregnancy was different. Um, we were, we, well, yeah, I mean, it's just different. So our first one, we weren't even in Texas. We were off by ourselves um, across an ocean. And um, and so we, we very much had to rely. Oh, really? Where were you guys at? In Hawaii, yeah. We spent the first uh, four years of He our, made it sound like he was like a Chinese missionary. I know. No, like, no, no, we, no, were, no. we were on the beach. And I let you ask that because I knew where he was at. And I'm yeah. like, you turd. Uh, well, <laughs> across the ocean. Yeah. So, we, yeah. You know, but we were we were very much by ourselves, which yeah. is great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, first part of our marriage uh, was spent in Hawaii by ourselves. And we had to rely on each other. And um, I think it set us up well um, in our marriage because um, especially being pregnant and not having family around. So we didn't have mother-in-laws coming over and oh can I do this can I like I had I very much was the sole caretaker of a pregnant woman which was there, um, there was kind of a sweetness to that and when we first we first moved to Midland my son was two months old and it was literally us and so we were able to create our own planet if I can yeah. use those words like here's the rules here's where we are this is how we want to ra- raise our kids not that it was negative the other ones but just this is how we feel God leading us to lead to to raise our children well yeah well and 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 for us, like being alone, like it really, we were like, what do we care about? Mm. What's important to us in a yeah. pregnancy? How do, how do we, um, how do we care for each other through this? Um, yeah. And so, but, but each one has been different. So we were in Hawaii and then we we're, um, in a house in a remodel with our second kid and, yep. um, our last two kids, we, we were up here in the colony and, um, so, but e- each pregnancy was different, um. So, so tell me a little bit about, like, as your wife went through um, the intense hor- hormonal changes of being mm. pregnant, the intense physical changes of being pregnant, um, and just the, the sleep deprivation and everything else, um, what surprised you as um, a new soon-to-be dad or a new father um, as she went through that the first time and even the last time? Um, I really realized how selfish I was, actually. Really? Yeah, because... Um, before kids, like you're able to just kind of, what do you want? What do I want? Like you didn't have to worry about anything else. Um, but the second that she was pregnant, it was like, oh, there's somebody else that's relying on me. And then, you know, all like your wife just kind of changes for a little bit of time while they're pregnant and, um, good or bad, you know, did she, did she have anything that she craved? Like that she loved, you know, it, it wasn't, it was weird stuff, but it wasn't like outrageous stuff. So like she, um, cream of mushroom soup for one of our like she just wanted 
cream and mushroom soup. Huh. It was weird. It wasn't That's like cool. we had friends who um, in Hawaii, they were kind of pregnant at the same time, and she just wanted um, uh, ice from Sonic. Mm. Sonic ice. Yeah. They don't have a Sonic in Hawaii, <sighs> but that's all she craved. And so what did he do? Be brutal. Yeah. Well, she she found out there was some some store down the way that had close to Sonic ice, and like twelve o'clock at night, this guy was going out <laughs> and getting Sonic ice. It's a great it's a great guy. And I, I remember thinking because we were pregnant, I was like, I'm so glad you're not like that. <laughs> I I had a friend who I remember his, his wife wanted movie theater popcorn. Really? So he literally would go with the with the the tub, yeah. and they and they eventually gave, just gave him a deal. It's like here you go, man. Is you know because like, because they knew he was he wasn't there for a movie. He just right. walked in with the popcorn, and because right. can I just get popcorn and like sure? So they they let him do like the free pass, all that. But it's just funny, man. The things that are are what you know. It, it, it's a good reminder for us that so much of the pregnancy it is completely out of your wife's control, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. and so that that selfishness definitely comes about, and then the idea that like you're dealing with someone that you know when you fell in love and when you got married. You knew that person, right? Mm-hmm. This is a complete stranger in some ways. It, she's a stranger to herself, which can create tension and anxiety and stress. Yeah. And she's a stranger to you, and so it and she really has that little stranger growing inside, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Who who has like mood swings and will be active sometimes and, and unactive, and right. Um, it, and so it, it just reminds you that. Um, marriage is more about commitment than the warm, fuzzy feelings. Because yeah. sometimes during the, the nine months of pregnancy, those warm, fuzzy feelings are pretty few and far between. Is that right. fair to say? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, well, and, and like you, you think like, well, I want this right now. Like, yeah. I, I really, I don't, I don't want to rub your back. I'm tired. But I understand that because you have this kid that's like pressing, pressing on your ribs and your, your spine and everything, you know, everything's out of place. Like, that's the best thing. That's the only way you find comfort. And so, yeah, yeah. sure. I'll wake up at two in the morning and rub your back because you're cramping. I can do that for you. Yeah, I don't I, want to, but I can. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I love that. I, I, I do. I do not try to remember because I was selfish too. I love that you're talking about this because it's bringing up those memories, but I do remember. I was so selfish. Falling asleep many times, like rubbing her back. And she's like, she would kind of nudge me and I'm like, Oh, you know, kinda, yeah. that's you know, the, the rub starts fast and then it's like slow and you're like, barely touching and then you're kind of like asleep and and then she hits you again but I do remember it was an opportunity at that point to serve and invest in a way that I couldn't it really did show that like that we care that that I cared about her more than just her physical or even just you're fun to hang out with but like I am in I'm in this with you I'm in the long run to serve you in this time and I think sometimes we can get caught up because our because our stuff goes well. I've got a job and I've got to go to work in the morning and and you know or, and and they may have jobs too. But for some reason that makes more sense to you. Like well, well I've got to get up and go to work and I've got to right. be attentive. You're already a baby. People are going to give you a pass, right? You know because you're having a child, and so it's like so you've you've got the baby card. I don't, right? You know so we can kind of tend to to be selfish in that way. Even in, at least in my mind, I remember being selfish and going, well, no, this is. But you're going to get a pass. Right. I'm not. Someone's going to go. Well, you're not the one having the baby. Okay, and so I, I'll 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 go there because I'm I'm I hope it wasn't just me, but maybe it was just me. The, I wish I could say that selfishness died with the first kid. It didn't. No. That selfishness is always there, and I can't tell you how many times I would hear the baby cry through the monitor, and I would oh, you absolutely like, I would lay there, and it would be like a battle of wills to see who could lay there the longest. And I know first. I should have woken up. I know I should have got up yeah. and done whatever little thing I could do to to try and comfort that kid. Yeah, but I'm yeah, like, yeah. I can't feed the kid. Right. You know. Well, it, for me, it completely changed that first kid. Um, like I was like the model dad. Oh. I was. I really. I mean, the the kid would cry. I'd wake up. I'd go and pick it up and pat it and change its diaper and okay. 
hey, hey, sweetheart, baby's awake, yeah. hungry. Yeah. Milk doesn't come out of out of me. <laughs> out of so your. it's your turn now. And then I, I would kind of rub her back or whatever. And then I would wake up again when the kid was done and put him back, put her back in the. And then you'd have that, you'd have that like jealous part that you're like, someday those are going to be mine again. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and that kid would just look at you after his like milk stupor and go, "Got you, Dad." Like just kind of like, kind of like winking, like, "Yeah, they're mine now." And you're like, Did "You jealousy." Right. No, just kidding. <laughs> so that was a side note from Bill. <laughs> those those views may not express. Well, no, they probably express yeah, every I guy. I guarantee yeah. every single yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. Um, There's yeah. jealousy all around. Yeah, the no touchies. They're, they're, they become the no touchies. Yes. No, but no, now, no. like fourth kid syndrome. So now, like the kid cries. I'm like, honey, you got it, this. Is you? I can't do anything. So, but yeah. l- luckily he's sleeping through the night now. So, well, most, for the most part, except when he's teething. But yeah. so, so what did you learn about yourself while your wife was pregnant? I really like. I so we have four kids, and and part of that is because I like. This sounds weird, but I like my wife uh, I like when she's pregnant um, and hmm. I, because I know what's coming and I get to, s- she's, she's a phenomenal mom. Like mm, I she love, is. That's cool. I love the way she cares for our kids and I love the way that she just takes care of them and, and in ways that I don't even think about. She's like, our, no, this kid needs one-on-one time. I'm going to go spend, and I'm like, I don't know, that kid's playing by, its, by herself. Like, yeah. she, you know, yeah. she seems happy to me, but my wife is so in tune to that and, and like I love I love seeing her care for babies. And so, like, I love when she's pregnant because I know what's coming. I know I get to see, I get to see this. And so. That's cool. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So what's, you know, so I know we, we've got a bunch of guys who are either in the midst of the young, the younger years, um, or they're about to hit those full on because their wife is pregnant. What are, what are some things that even now, like, you know, we, we could share some of our stuff, but in the midst of the trenches, Right now, what are what maybe something you could share with these guys that, that you could just kind of help them move forward with with their journey before you know almost like the landmines that they don't need to step on. Correct. You know mm. before before stuff happens. Your wife is always right. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> like she'll well, be, I don't I don't know. This isn't Burger King. You don't get it your way. So I mean, she'll be wrong, but she's right. Like just let her be right, and, and it's not it's not a battle worth fighting when it's you have young fight. kids. Yeah, yeah. because. Um, and it took me a while. It took me probably to like kid number three to realize like, um, it's like, I love these little, these little new people that are around, Yeah. but they're going to go off and be gone somewhere. And then I'm going to have my wife. Yeah. And, and so like investing in, in that relationship. And for me at least is letting her, letting her be right. Letting her like, this is the way we're going to do it. Well, that sounds good. Unless it's like completely foreign to me and like completely, like in my mind, I can't wrap around. This is how we're what we're going to do with our kids. Um, most like she kind of gets to make the call for how we're raising our kids, um, and it's been a good for us. It's been a good thing. So you know, and I I like that you said it because I think a lot of guys come up with that. I'm going to say chauvinistic. Like, well, no, that means that you know the woman wears I'm the, the pants. Father. Yeah, right. and it's like, hang on a second. Like she really, without being too too brash, she really knows this child more. Like, yes, we are a part of that child too, but. Man, she 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 reared that child for nine months and knows there's there's a connection that moms have that dads just don't with right. those kids. And I think God God equipped that in a certain way for us to be able to speak life because you know you guys know that that there's there's that complaint that comes out sometimes that dad becomes the superhero and is always the fun one. But I think it's because moms really know know their kids right on a level that dads will never know right. And I think what you're tapping into, which I've I've seen proven out, is there's a hundred ways to raise your kids right right. 
And, and the goal is not to find the right way. The goal is that you and your wife would be on the same page. Find your way. Find yeah. your way. Your and rhythm. that you guys yeah. would be on the same page when it comes to discipline. You guys would be on the same page when it comes to like chores and expectations and follow through on that stuff. And to not become being played off each other or, you know, I know mom said this, but we're going to do this. Um, because that just, that creates a toxic environment mm-hmm. for kids to try and grow up in. Um, so what were some of the conversations you had unintentionally, intentionally, or because of crisis that kind of forged that discipline conversation or that, um, you know, uh, expectation conversation? Um, so my wife is, is very much a planner. So a lot of the conversation we had even before we had kids, um, like we had names before, like years before we got pregnant. Oh, wow. Um, and so, but, um, so we talked a lot like, oh, you know, and there's, there's theory and then there's actuality, right? So we talked right. about like, oh, our kids are going to, we're going to do this. Like, we're not going to spank our kid. That okay. was one of the conversations we had before we ever had kids. Right. Um, and I'd wager about that. That's the exception, not the rule. I don't think a lot of couples right. have that. Or if they have that conversation, it's kind of like, yeah, 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 we'll get to it one day. Um, but when the actuality hits the road, you better know what you're going to do yeah. right. in those well, situations. Yeah. And it's like it was kind of impressed on us uh, as we prepared for marriage because uh, our pastor in Hawaii that we had who did our marriage counseling is like, talk about it before you do it. Because you don't want to get yeah. in the trench and then be like, oh, I don't know. We don't have a plan here. Right. Because in the trenches, plan. the emotions are high and you're not thinking clearly. You're reacting rather than proacting. Right. And that's when things can get really, right, really squirrely. And, and so we talked. To, well, yeah. So like with spanking, we talked about we're not going to spank our kids, but we didn't ever really sit down. and Well, what 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 are we going to do? Right. What is that going to look like with a two year old that you can't reason with? Um, so. You know, we've spanked our kids, even though we had that conversation ahead and said we're not going to. Um, sometimes you get in the middle of things, and, and we didn't have a, a good plan. We had a plan, but it wasn't a good plan. So you knew what you weren't going to do, but you never took it the next step and said, okay, then what are, what we, are we going, going to, to do? do? Well, and you don't, you know, you, you kind of, you have theory again, right? So you're like, yeah. oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. But then you realize, oh, a two-year-old you can't reason with. You can't say, no, you, you shouldn't be climbing on that because you're going to fall in just a second. Yeah. Um, and said, you know, you just try to. I don't know. Scare them? I don't know. I think bring consequences. Yeah. A consequences controlled consequence good. to kind of ward off uncontrolled consequences. Right. And we, you don't, know? we don't spank a lot, but um, mostly it's I, I spank when I'm scared for my kid. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. You know, there's, yeah. there is a scripture that says, let your nay be nay and your yay be yay. And I think that's the biggest thing that, that, that we, we learned now that I'm thinking back that we had a line. And when they crossed it, there wasn't another chance. That was it. Black and white. Boom. That's it. You crossed the line. And it was more the idea of whether it was mom said it or dad said it, this is the line. And it, it's almost like, you know, and I, I can't stand this because someone did use this analogy of breaking the Mustang kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but mm. I do think there's some value in in creating a line that says me and mom are on this. You ain't getting over it. You can't play sides because that plays into the future of our of our marriage because it may not it may not even show up for. 20 years right. but when they're right. gone and it's and it's that right. little thorn that that the enemy can use to say but you were never for me even and i've heard this even with the kids you would do blank yeah. and there's a seed of bitterness that that gets rooted in there that you can't unroot for a long time unless you talk about it break it down so to not let that root to have the plan like you're saying to go this is the line do not cross so so how do you guys process through because I, I remember there were there were times when um, I would be exhausted and I would overreact in a situation mm-hmm. and I could see in my wife's eye that she sees me overreacting in a situation um, or she would be exhausted and she would overreact like 
a kid would do something you know disobedient and instead of it being a three on the Richter scale it was at 8.5 hmm. right yeah and um and I remember the first time I wanted to step in and correct that yeah. like like no t- Tara don't do that but then a- as it kind of progressed I realized no 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 this is not the time right like let it go in the big scheme of things this moment's going to pass but I have to have the follow-up conversation yeah. at some point of like did I overreact on that or did you know, how could we have handled that better? Mm-hmm. How did you guys work that through in your marriages as little kids will just, they know the buttons, mm-hmm. man, they yeah, push those yeah. buttons and they do it intentionally. And sometimes they do it unintentionally. How do you, how did you navigate that when, when, when your spouse stepped over the line and you're like, Oh, right. I would have handled that, that different. Well, we try to, we try to follow the golden rule. Um, in that in front of our kids, like our wife's my, my wife is golden in front of my kids. Mm. Like her, what she says, I agree with, even if I don't agree with it, mm-hmm. it you know, like if she's overreacting because she's tired or whatnot, um, whatever she says goes, even if I don't, even if I don't agree with it. Um, but then we always, um, we, we talk. I mean, and that's how we've kind of navigated becoming, being parents and how do we, you know, oh, we didn't think about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you had to circle back, how would you circle back in such a way that it wouldn't, become an even worse situation mm, yeah well we i mean there's just trust um we kind of every evening we kind of sit down and process our day okay. what went well what, what didn't go well and um and, and part of that is well you, you're kind of hard you're kind of yeah. hard there and mostly it's her talking to me right um, you know for, for for me my struggle was yeah because i was more i was mainly the overreactor most guys are the the overreactor right and right the mom the mom sees that child I, uh, Go for to, it. to jump in real quick um i remember having a conversation with a really good friend of mine um who's a church planner now in, in south dallas and uh he talked about when he had his first kid he had no clue how close to the surface his anger was yeah because he had spent so much of his life keeping it down but his kid now multiple kids were able to to bring that anger up so quick and so unexpected. He yeah. didn't know what to do, and yeah. I think that's very true of many dads. Yeah, yeah. I think so. You I know? think so. I think most guys. So so I would find myself like flying off the handle, and so what we did in the very beginning was we would I would have my wife there and I would sit down with my son normally is when it was because for some reason the first one is always the worst one for some reason you just don't know how to even process it. Right. And he, he was a boy, so it was like you know rub some dirt on it, you'll be fine kind of thing, but. I remember stopping, and even at two years old, I would look at him and go, Gabe, you were wrong, but Daddy was wrong in how he handled that. Wow. And so I would say, will you forgive me? And so what I did was I immediately gave him the power mm. to not forgive me, because in the bigger scheme, and he wasn't thinking this at two, but, but what, he was think, what, what I know he sees now is, okay, Dad loves Jesus, and he's a human, and he makes mistakes, and God still uses him. Right. Which means I don't have to be perfect. And I've had too many stories with guys that I've sat with and even ladies who have said, well, my dad was perfect. And then one day he screwed up and it destroyed my view of him. And, and I think if we can create a more realistic view that we are not the personification of God, that God is God. Right. And we are human beings being led by him so that we could say so that even at their subconscious of, uh, you know, at two or three years old ago, hey, dad's not perfect and he's never claimed to be perfect but God still uses him. Therefore, God can use me in my imperfection too. So what you're saying is, you know, even when the kids are very young, we're setting precedents and we're setting like patterns yeah. that we want to make sure we have eyes to the future, not just eyes in the moment. And I think that's, again, yeah. the difficult part because you become so sleep de- 
deprived. Yeah, you become exhausted. so selfish in some ways because the relationship with your wife has changed and you long for those intimate moments again and they, they're few and far between. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so it's important to say, okay, eyes on the horizon and I love right. your posture about having uh, that even with your wife saying I, I blew it on that one well like, I, think, I messed and, up and on I that one I think the words I'm sorry are super powerful because mm-hmm. again it says I did something wrong I mean and again I, and we, we would walk and say Gabe what you did was wrong right how I reacted to it was wrong so we're not we're not giving you a pass for what you did to make you to then say hey I'm sorry here here's you know here's here's five dollars or what you know here's a new a, a new a new Xbox game it's more just you were wrong I was wrong in how I handled your right. wrongness so let's move on do right. you forgive me and I've well, never had him not say I forgive you you know yeah well I think that's that's key one of the things that Ashley and I we try to do is um, we're constantly looking to the future like how what what are we doing now that when our kids are 14 15 16 older that they still trust us, that they'll still talk to us yeah. because that's, I mean, I think that's one of our biggest fears as parents is that they're going to, they're going to grow up and then they're not going to want to have those deep conversations with us. And that means they're going to go somewhere else right. to have those conversations. And right. that terrifies us. Like I would rather have them having those hard conversations with us. You know, they, uh, the first, they say the first seven years of a child's life, they cognitively are developing all the synapses in the, in their brain. So these become core memories, core thoughts, almost like of who they are to say this becomes a solid, you know, that, that's why even, at, you know, in an in a, in a abused child or, or neglected oh. child at six months old, they say has, 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 can have social issues in 14, 15, and they're six months old. Because right. it creates these core thoughts that, so if we can create a core thought to say, dad's for you, he's not perfect, we're working through this too, it creates a different memory for them to be patient, to be kind, to be long-suffering, to say people make mistakes even if we're not acknowledging specifically those words, we're saying that by our actions and our thoughts this early in their life. Right. I'll never forget. Um, I got into a really bad pattern when I was um, uh, when I I think it was kid two, and I would I would always raise my voice because that's what I was taught. Dads raise their voice, mm. and so I would I would I would try to get them to do something. They wouldn't do it. I would try it again. They wouldn't do it. I would raise my voice, yell almost, and they'd finally do it. And uh, it was a really unhealthy pattern that was starting to develop. Yeah. And I remember my wife in her gentleness one night, the kids were in bed and she, she, <laughs> her, 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 the way she approached it, I thought was brilliant. She goes, you know, I've been reading a book on parenting. I was like, oh, okay, great, great. She always <laughs> uses that, you know, she goes, and one of the, one of the, um, uh, the author had a really interesting point. He goes, if we always yell at our kids and that's the only time they react to us, how would we ever expect them to hear the small, still whisper of God? Mm. If we only program them to hear the yell of their father. And that's all she said. And I was absolutely slayed by that. Man, you married and, out of your league. Oh, way out of my <laughs> league. And, and, and from that point forward, with some mistakes along the way, I learned that decreasing the volume of my voice actually brought them closer and allowed them to listen in ways that they didn't when I was yelling at them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it only happened because my wife had observed it. She didn't come straight at me. And so wives, be careful coming straight at a dad or a husband because they can sometimes get defensive and not hear the very thing that you're trying to convey. And so she was extremely gentle in that kind of conversation, allowed me to process with it, and it shifted the way that we parented ever moving forward, you know? So let me ask you, Carl. Um, Young, you have a friend who's um, just found out they're pregnant. Yeah, and uh, they're they're starting the journey for the first time. What would be some words of advice, some wisdom, um, or some like honest conversation you would have with this dad as he's about to go into this next seven or eight months um, 
what would you say to him? Yeah. Um, uh, just listen to your wife. Be there for her, even if it's a weird request that she has. Um, and know that it's just a season. Like I think that's yeah. That's what's 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 helped me and what's helped us is that it's just it's a season, and every season is great, and every season has its different challenges. Right. Um, but it also has beautiful things, and so like yeah, like don't don't overlook the pregnancy period for the baby period to come. Yeah. But like, what's what's great about today? Right. You know what's what's great about your wife's nausea? I don't know if there's anything great for her, but. You get to serve your wife. It's a it's a chance opportunity, for you, yeah, yeah. opportunity for you to say, "Hey, look, I love you, even when you're puking. Right? I love you when your back hurts. I love you when you want to eat something crazy. Like, when you think that you're that you're well, I'll use the word hideous because I've heard that word come out of women. I just feel hideous right now. Right? Right? And that you pierce into that with this love right. that says, "I don't, I love you. Right? Not the not the outside shell of who you are. Well, m- the way my wife said it is she's seeing numbers on the scale that she's never seen before. Yeah. And so much of the, the, the life of many women is to try and hit a number on that scale and all of a sudden you get pregnant and you know that you have a two-pound baby in you or a three-pound baby in you, but the scale says it's 50 pounds and you're like, what the hell? Yeah. And so she's seeing numbers and it just wrecks their confidence, yeah. mm-hmm. their self-esteem. And so we as husbands have to speak into that their true beauty right. beyond just the number on the scale, whatever is or isn't happening to their body. Right. Yeah. What's beautiful about her today. Right. Man. Right. And and you have to be the, you have to become her mirror. Yeah. You know, you have to become her mirror because the mirror that she's currently looking into, even though she's pregnant, she's not necessarily yeah, happy good. with. Yeah, that's right. good. And just know that like there's tons of hormones that she's not used to having in her body. And, right. And just be patient with her. You know, like she, she, she might be crazy one day. And just know, like, just tell yourself, that's not her. That's just hormones. I'm you know, gonna, I'm gonna love her through it. I'm not gonna let that affect me yeah, negatively. Yeah. Yep. And and you that's know what? And I would even say this: it's not just the nine month buildup of the hormones. It's the one or two months afterwards where everything gets reset. Mm-hmm. And and I remember my doctor told me, he goes, just so you know, it took nine months to get here. All those hormones are out in the last next two months. It it's it's insanity. It's temporary insanity in some ways for them. Yeah. You know. Um, and so, anyways, you were going to no, say something. No, I was going to say, just kind of wrapping up. I love, I love this talk. So, for you guys who have, who have newborns, one-year-olds, you know, are, your wife is pregnant. I want to leave you. Want to leave you with a verse, and it's Ephesians four six, and it says, "Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person." That's got to start in our household, so that our kids can see that, and they can right. learn to be mm-hmm. seasoned with grace. Yes. That that when there's hard times, our our wives can look back on the joy of of pregnancy versus the detrimental right. time that 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 was called pregnancy. So, Carl, thank you so much for being here today, talking yeah, about Carl. this. Thanks for Thanks for having me. four kids yeah. and. Uh, Teaching us about it. Well, yep. And if uh, I didn't do much for, I mean, it's like a one night thing. And <laughs> it's, then like a, it's like a one nine night. months later. Let's be honest. There. It was thirty seconds. Yeah. We know how that goes. Uh, gosh. <laughs> Anyways, and uh, if your wife uh, is currently pregnant or has already have kids, buy her flowers for no reason today. Yes. Yeah. Just go yeah. buy her flowers and tell her she's beautiful and she's amazing. And um, r- remember, if your kids eleven or ten. Yeah. Go buy her flowers. Yeah. yeah. Just Remind randomly. Her. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Hey, check us out on uh, Known Legacy on Instagram. Facebook, Known Legacy Ministries. Yep. And uh, if you got any questions, comments, concerns, we'd love to hear from you. Info at knownlegacy.org. God bless you guys. Enjoy the journey. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.